Know Your Food with Warty, episode 117. For links and more, visit the show notes at knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash 117. See you there. Hey everyone, welcome to Know Your Food with Warty. I'm Warty in Southwest Oregon, a traditional food blogger at ganalfglins.com and knowyourfoodpodcast.com. I'm glad you're here. This is the podcast where we're all about ditching those poisonous processed foods, breaking free from the conventional food paradigm, and instead embracing whole foods raised, saved, and prepared with traditional methods. It's fun, it's delicious, and it's healthy. You're on your way to looking good, feeling good, and most importantly, doing good. Hey everyone, so glad you're joining me today. We have a great guest today, Mark from the Maca team to talk about my favorite superfood. Well, I got a lot of favorites. Maca is right up there though. Um, so Maca, we're going to talk about Maca. Before we get to that though, time for the tip of the week. And this comes right from my kitchen. It's an easy, raw, soft cheese, or sometimes I call it cottage cheese. It's not officially a cottage cheese. It's sort of, well, anyway, it's just a super easy recipe. I don't even have to think about it. And I end up with this wonderful cheese in three days with a total of like maybe 10 to 15 minutes hands-on time. Here's what happens. We participate in a herd share here in Oregon and we pick it up once a week. About the time we're getting ready for a new delivery, we have a little bit of milk left over. Now we use our milk to make yogurt, cheese, uh, just to drink straight and but invariably at the end of the week I got a gallon or two to use up so this is the cheese that I make it's especially wonderful because well sometimes you just don't have a lot of time to spend the whole day making cheese so this is like 10 to 15 minutes of hands-on time and if you just do a little bit for three days and really the third day is just um you know, gathering it. So even that doesn't really count. You could say it's a two-day cheese. So here's the easy recipe. Um, day one, you're going to get a food-grade bucket, and you're going to put one to two gallons of your raw milk in it. Um, you can use regular milk as well. I'm just speaking about raw milk because that's what we have, um, but go ahead and use regular milk. It could be, you know, like how, however you feel about the processing, but don't feel like it has to be raw milk. Okay, and so you're going to put that in your food grade, clean food grade bucket. You're going to add a quarter teaspoon of mesophilic culture. That's just an all-purpose middle temperature cheese culture. I mean, if you don't have that, you could probably use some buttermilk or some sour cream. Um, probably like if you're going to add a cultured milk product, you're probably going to add like half to one cup to your bucket. And then you're going to take some liquid vegetable rennet. And I use double strength, so I'm going to use two drops. If yours is not double strength, you'd be using four drops. And you put those two drops in just a little cup with a little bit of uh, cool water, stir it, and then you add that to your bucket as well. And then you stir really well. So you're stirring up the culture and the rennet and all the milk. And the milk is coming right out of the fridge. There's no heating involved, okay? So you just put it in the bucket and stir it really well so all the culture and all the rennets mixed in. Then put cheesecloth over the top of your bucket and then put a plate on top of the bucket. And then leave it out at room temperature for 24 hours. So then that was day one. So I do it in the morning. So then the following morning, now we're at day two, I take the plate and the cheesecloth off the bucket 
and now I have curdled milk in the bucket. Now our milk is raw, so that means it's not homogenized, so the cream rises to the top. It rises to the top just as if you had the raw milk in the fridge, um, except now it's cultured, so it's sour cream at the top. So I scoop all that away, and I put it in a jar where I'm collecting soured cream to make cultured butter. It could be left right in your cheese, but I make use of it for another purpose. So I skim the sour cream away for cultured butter, and then the remaining curds, this is what we're going to strain into cheese. So you need to get a pot, and you need to get a colander. You could use a big bowl, but you need a big container. Um, and you put a colander inside it, and then you line your colander with two layers of 90-count cheesecloth. And then you take the curds, use a slotted spoon, and scoop the curds one chunk, one spoonful at a time into the cheesecloth-lined colander. And once you got it all in there, then you're just going to uh, pull up your cheesecloth ends and kind of, you can knot them or you can just wrap them into a coil and let them kind of rest on top of the curds. So the cheesecloth ends are on top of the curds. If they're hanging down off the pot, the, the liquid whey from the cheese will just wick down and drip all over the counter. You don't want that. So you wrap it all up on top of your curds. And then I usually put a plate or the pot lid on top of that just to keep dust and bugs out. So that's day two. And I, I, I explained it, probably took a few minutes to explain it, but it does not take that long. You're basically putting the curds in a cheesecloth lined colander to drip and the whey will drip out. And um, so that's day two. We're just a couple minutes into this project. And then day three, it's simply you like untie your cheesecloth and you've got cheese and it's firmer than a, like a chev. Um, that's why I call it a little bit of cottage cheese because it has a firmer curd than, than soft cheese. Anyway, you're just scooping it into a bowl or a jar right out of the cheesecloth and you can salt it or not. If you want to keep it in the fridge for, you know, a week or so and just eat off of it kind of slowly, it is better to salt it because the salt will help it not, um, mold or spoil. Um, anyway, so you have wonderful cheese. And usually I start with a gallon and a half to two gallons of milk, and I end up with a whole quart of wonderful soft cheese and literally 10 to 15 minutes of work. Day one, you're culturing it. Day two, you're putting it in the cheesecloth. Day three, you're harvesting it. So that is the tip of the week. Give it a try with your extra milk or milk that you devote to it. But if you're new to cheese making or you just want to try something new, or you're really interested in cheese making, this is a great place to start. And I want to tell you, members of Traditional Cooking School, that in our Facebook group we, in May, we had a great cheese challenge. And I shared a video for each day of this process with you in our thread in Facebook. So you can go check that out. I also put it in our members area on a fun stuff page. So if you're a member, you can watch a video of this process. Okay, and I'd love to hear from anybody who gives this a try, so you can visit the show notes, knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash 117, to let me know how you like this cheese and how it turned out for you. Let's take a quick break, and then I will be back to introduce you to my guest. Hi, I'm Morty, a traditional cooking expert and food blogger at traditionalcookingschool.com. For years, my family struggled with food-related health problems like eczema and food allergies, but we don't anymore. And I'd love to show you that preparing whole foods with traditional methods is easy, delicious, and super good for you too. 
So just go to traditionalcookingschool.com free, and I'll show you how easily you can do it too. I'll give you five free videos that include my favorite traditional cooking techniques, plus printable at-a-glance fact sheets as a handy reference. So if you're ready to start looking good, feeling good, and most importantly, doing good, then visit traditionalcookingschool.com free today. Everyone, I'm so pleased to introduce you to my guest, Mark Ament, who's the founder and owner of the Maka Team. He founded the Maka Team in 2009 to support his raw food students to achieve positive health gains. And the company grew from a one-man show to a family-run company of Maka specialists dedicated to providing the most Maka has to offer. The Maka Team is proud to source and sell the best selection of high-quality Peruvian Maka in the world. All Maka Team products are organically grown, fairly traded, GMO-free, fresh, and potent. And we are going to talk today about maca, and it's going to be so interesting. Uh, before I turn to my interview, I just want to go over a special offer that Mark has made, and we worked out the details of this after our interview, so that's why it's not mentioned. Um, but here's the information, because Mark's maca is the best that you can find, and we really want you to give it a try. So Mark is offering a special offer to uh, Know Your Food podcast and Traditional Cooking School listeners, readers. So he's giving you $5 off any purchase of $50 or more. And so all you have to do is use code TCS podcast, all one word, TCS podcast, and make sure to take advantage um, before July 1st, because then it will expire. And a link for you to get to his shop is knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash maca. If you want to read my review that I posted online separately, that's knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash supermaca, where supermaca is one word. Um, but great things are ahead for you. It's a really entertaining and interesting interview. Maca is a wonderful superfood, and Mark's going to tell us all about it, ideas for using it, some of the politics involved in getting it, uh, great production standards, and just a real insight into this superfood and the industry around it. And it's a wonderful service they provide, um, sourcing really high-quality maca for us to consume. So if you're at all interested in it, definitely take advantage of that coupon so you can give it a try. Or if you're already a devoted maca user, use that coupon to restock your supply. Once again, it's $5 off your purchase of $50 or more. The code is TCS Podcast. It's active until July 1st. And your link for shopping is knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash maca, M-A-C-A. And now I'm going to switch over to my visit with Mark. Hey, everyone. Thanks for joining me. I'm here with Mark, who is the founder and owner of the Maca Team, one of my favorite companies online. He founded his company in 2009 to support his raw food students to achieve positive health gains. And his company grew from a one-man show to a family-run company of Maca specialists dedicated to providing the most Maca has to offer. The maca that they source is the best selection of high-quality Peruvian maca in the world, and all their products are organically grown, fairly traded, GMO-free, fresh, and potent. Hi, Mark. Hi, Wardy. I'm so happy you're here to join us. Um, I've been so excited to just visit with you because every time I talk about maca 
on the Traditional Cooking School blog or with members, we just get a flood of questions and interest. And so my goal for visiting with you today is to just give everybody all the answers they want about maca, the the answers they want and need (laughs) about maca. Great. Well, I'm happy to help. And I'm so happy here. So let's start with you telling us more about yourself. Um, I gave your general introduction, but let's get a little bit uh, more personal if you can. Yeah, sure. Um, in in terms of uh, nutrition and and cooking and uh, healthy eating, I've been uh, focused on that for twenty year twenty five years almost now. And um, part of my early early learning was uh, to learn about uh, so-called superfoods along with a, a raw food diet, uh, which I followed exclusively for a long time, and then now I do about 80% raw. Um, but part of the superfoods uh, was maca, and I discovered that in late the late 90s, actually, and it was interesting at that time. It was really hard to come by. Uh, you could find it in a few very very um, unique health shops and then among the sort of superfood and raw food community that started to develop in in the early 2000s you could get it but it was kind of hard to get Uh, so I got excited about the results I got from maca which was more energy um, strength gain gains in terms of muscle building um, and mental focus those three things really kind of stuck with me, um, but I found it hard to find maca everywhere, so eventually I started sourcing it, and I can get into that story if you want, but uh, I was really excited to, sh- to find a, a good source uh, many years ago to share with students who were taking some of my raw food preparation classes. Interesting. I find it so fascinating that most of us that have a passion for something about healthy living or healthy food, that it began with a need we had to fulfill for ourselves. And you're no exception to that. Yeah, I- exactly. That's just it, it, this whole business that you mentioned that that um, uh, me and my family have developed has really come out of of getting results myself from from this particular product and then just wanting to share it with people because it's such a good a good thing to share, you know, helping people achieve uh, really p- powerful health outcomes um, by using a simple plant. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about where you're located and about your family and um, this family-run aspect of your business? Yeah, sure. As you mentioned, I did start out by myself um, with no real business experience, just a lot of passion and and made a uh, 101 mistakes, of course, um, <laughs> like most of us who do when we start out with that. Um, but uh, as the business has grown, uh, I took uh, my my step uh, mother and my dad in um, after uh, about 2011. They they started um, fulfilling all the orders for us. Uh, so that started literally in in their garage, just filling orders and shipping them out on uh, on a daily basis. And um, they started in Colorado, where they they used to live, and and now we've uh, moved to Tennessee because they moved. So so our shipping is in Tennessee, which is actually good for the whole U.S. because it's a pretty good shipping zone. And so um, they still manage the shipping, though it's grown quite a bit now from our warehouse and um 
my stepmother's daughter and her daughter also work in, in the family. So I'd be kind of my stepsister, uh, and, um, stepniece, I guess you'd call that. So they're working on the shipping end. And, um, as of last, so, uh, January, 2014, my mom retired from a 30 year career as a massage therapist, just couldn't do it anymore. And she took over customer service for us. Hmm. Uh, she, she likes to live by the beach. So she's in Southern California, which is nice for her. Um, she, she's always been a beach person. So she, she, uh, because of the time difference, wakes up a little bit later and um, does all of our customer service. That is fantastic. I love this story. I do want to talk about maca now. Um, so you talked about your three main goals or the things it's done for you. You said energy, um, strength, and mental focus, correct? That is true, yep. Okay. So can you talk in general, um, introduce us to the maca plant and um, its nutrition profile, what it gives us, and kind of, you know, the general overview of the benefits. Yeah, sure. Um, sort of the, the from 3,000 feet overview here really quickly, it's maca's a plant uh, that, that is native to the Peruvian Andes, Peruvian and Bolivian Andes. It grows over altitudes of about 11,000 feet, uh, so it's it's the highest growing food crop in the world. Uh, it the the food part of the plant is actually the root. You could think of it a little bit like a radish. So it's around that size, a little bit bigger um, sometimes than a, than a standard radish. And uh, it's an amazing plant because it grows in these incredibly rocky soils that that most plants don't live well in. But Mock is a really a, a survivor, a true survivor in the strong winds. You can imagine the intense sunlight up at those elevations. And um, this root has been used for 2,000 years that we know of uh, by the people indigenous to the area uh, for exactly sort of the benefits, some of the benefits we've we've come to appreciate um, in the you know in the worldwide beyond the Andes, which are energy, fertility. Uh, hormone balancing. Uh, so those sort of, sort of the overview benefits, there are many more. Um, but historically, as I said, maca has been used for those 2,000 years. And it's really gotten shared with, with a broader audience in the past 25 years. And, and since it helps people with health gains, you know, more and more people are indeed coming, coming to it. Mm-hmm. One of the things I found most fascinating when I was introduced to your maca, and I'd known about maca and had been kind of dabbling in it for a while, like in smoothies and just supplementation, not really noticing anything different. And then I found out about your maca, did some reading on your site and found out about the three colors and it right. was like a huge light bulb um, that most of the maca on the market is that beige maca that's not really, it's not the best quality maca. And I'm probably simplifying it, and I want you to take over and explain sure. it more. And, and there's more to do with it. It also has to do with the processing and how long it sits around before it gets on the shelf and all that. So what I'd like you to do is to explain this red, black, beige maca issue. Yeah. It's a it's a great it's a great point you make because, it, and it's one that um, that even I had to learn because 
going back to when I started with maca, it was there was just one maca, and and there really is just one species of plant. So I want to make that clear. Okay. Um, there, but maca grows sort of like carrots. If you've ever been to a farmer's market and seen yellow carrots or orange, or of course orange carrots, but yellow, purple, or red carrot. Sure. Maca maca also grows in colors like that, and they they grow in a range of colors that that range from a very whitish color on the skin to a, a sort of a yellowish color. And that's typically grouped under yellow maca or beige color, as you said. Uh, but generally considered it, it yellow is the, is the common term. Sometimes gold is used too. Uh, then it grows in a range from pink to dark purple, and that's considered red maca. And mm -hmm. then another range from light gray to dark gray, which is black maca. So interestingly, those three uh, roots colors have different properties. Uh, I should mention, um, before anybody gets confused when they buy maca, most of it, even the yellow, the red, and the black, the powders are still going to be off-white colored. And that's because the inside of the root is still like a radish. Think a radish, so it's, right. it's a whitish color on the inside. Um, so just didn't want to confuse people. Uh, to expect, you know, a black powder. Right. Um, Good point. But, but interestingly, the uh, the nutritional profiles are slightly different from the yellow, the red, and the black, and that's all been researched. And we've outlined it really well on our website. Um, if people are interested, um, they should go to our maca research page. But in general terms, like you said, the yellow isn't. It's not that it would be lesser quality. It just wouldn't have some of the unique um, sort of... Uh, it wouldn't be the, the ideal maca or the best maca for certain purposes. For example, uh, uh, one big research study showed that only red maca would help to reduce the prostate size in um, the animals tested. And we've also heard feedback on that, you know, from our customers, you know, we can't make any medical claims or anything, right. but, you know, hearing that feedback, it's been great. Um, so those are the three sort of, the three sort of colors of maca that are important to know. In general, we would say uh, the yellow is a good place to start, um, and it's the most economical, and that's because 65% of the harvest is that color. Mm-hmm. But if you haven't tried the red or the black, typically we would say, and these are sort of broadly, broadly speaking, uh, the red-colored maca it would be a more appropriate for women and the black for men, um, broadly speaking. Um, that said, they would work e for both, you know, and some people love to mix them. But um, that's sort of the, the overview of it. Okay, that's great. I'm glad you pointed that out, um, all those specifics. Um, I, I personally love to mix mine. So I buy the black and red from you and mix it. Yeah, and that's what I do too, actually. <laughs> um, I wanted to mention before, because I started saying that I didn't notice a difference from maca, I just want to clarify for everybody who's listening that that was before I tried the maca team's maca. <laughs> So thank you. Um, it's <laughs> totally awesome. And everybody to check out the Maca team, we have links for you at the show notes. So that's knowyourfoodpodcast.com/ 117. 
Um, or you can go straight to knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash maca and get to the maca team's website to benefit from all this additional research that's there from you. Now, Mark, I've got a question um, having to do with maca because you have a raw maca powder and you also have gelatinized maca powder. And of course, you also offer them in capsules too. So I want to talk about um, the uses for both of those and you know, what's the yep. deal with gelatinized? Yeah, great, great, great question. It's one of the fundamental things. Um, and first of all, you should know that gelatinized has nothing to do with gelatin. <laughs> Many people <laughs> ask that. You know, I'm a, I'm a vegetarian and um, and have been vegan at times. And so people are worried, you know, is, is it gelatin in there? And I'm like, no, nothing to do with it. Um, the raw maca starting there is our raw maca is totally unprocessed, meaning it's never been heated above 100 and five degrees Fahrenheit in any of the processing. So literally, it's taken out of the ground um, and process, uh, you know, cleansed in a in an organic citrus solution to uh, remove it of any bacteria and such, and then made into a powder. And that's what you get. So that's the raw product. Okay. Now the gelatinized product uh, exists as a pre-cooked product, and there's a good reason for that. For some people, uh, raw maca can cause a little bit of indigestion. It's about, I'd say, 10% of the people we see, we've seen that in. And, and we haven't really determined why that is. I can't say there's a specific reason. Um, but for some people with sensitive digestion, raw maca just doesn't work that, that well because they can't take it because it you know, upsets their stomach. For those people, gelatinized is a great option because... Uh, gelatinization, the actual technical process is the, the maca is heated and um, the starch molecules sort of explode and dissolve. So it's absent any starch content, which eases the digestion. Right. So, so I'd say if somebody knows they're sensitive to starch content, go with the gelatinized maca. Um, there's a quite a big polemic on whether raw maca is safe or not because... The, the argument is that j people always cooked their maca in Peru, which isn't exactly true, but that's the argument. And I just want to clarify that, you know, in, in 15 years of taking raw maca personally and, and over 10 years of selling it and, and now six years with the maca team, we've never had complaints of raw maca being um, harmful to health in any way. So I just wanted to clarify that. But we do have the gelatinized as well. The only disadvantage with the gelatinized is that since it's been heated, some of the nutrients might have been um, lost, uh, particularly the enzymes um, are sensitive to heat, and then some of the, the glucosinolate content. But that's really not uh, hugely affecting the outcomes. We get great outcomes from our customers with both kinds. But, mm -hmm. but it is important to know those distinctions um, that the, and the basic is the raw has never been heated, and then the, the gelatinized indeed has been sort of pre-cooked. And this is very pertinent for our audience um, because a lot of the people that are listening right now are, um, like me, fans of traditional foods, and many mm -hmm. of us have compromised gut health or have at times our family members. And we do special gut healing diets where, and a lot, a lot of the people are in that 10%. I would say that of our audience, there's probably more than 10% than in your general audience, 10% have trouble with raw because okay. they're the people that, 
you know, vegetables, all the vegetables have to be well cooked <laughs> and, uh, you know, consuming lots of broth to help with digestion. So I think that this gelatinized product is amazing that you have it so that the people in our audience that have this, you know, sensitive digestive system is how you put it. And whether or not you call it compromised gut health or they need gut health, gut healing, that's the maca product that is most likely to work for them so they can benefit uh, from maca. Absolutely. And, and that's why we put it in, you know, why, and why we went far and wide to at first when we started selling gelatinized maca about five years ago, no one was selling the red and the black. So we talked to our farm farmers in Peru and said, hey, listen, we want to you know, also sell the red and the black and gelatinized. And we've really been able to do that in the past two and a half, three years. And, and we're so super grateful to be able to offer that. I think we're one of the only companies doing that, actually. And, um, and I think we started that out because it's like, hey, we should, you know, we should make the red and the black available to everybody, even people who prefer the gelatinized maca. So, right. so we're really glad to be able to do that. And and I should mention one other thing briefly is that we've got a new premium gelatinized maca product coming out in, hopefully it'll be in July or, or well, maybe, maybe by about middle June or July. And the difference with that is it's instead of being sun dried, the roots are dried in a, in a low temperature oven before they're processed. And this, this processing preserves more of the nutrients so we're super excited to to be able to get this out there. Um, as I said, uh, probably early uh, July or late June. Fantastic! So that's going to be shortly when this um, when this is published. Mark oh, that, and I are pre-recording this, everyone, but it's going to come out mid-June. So you can probably check and great. get some news on that. So, Mark, let's talk about practically speaking. Somebody's got a one-pound patch of pouch of your uh, red maca, let's say, in in the cupboard. What are they going to do with it? <laughs> Tell, give us some ideas. Uh, well, lots of ideas. So, simple, super basic thing, and how I typically do it myself is, I mix it in uh, rice or or some sort of rice milk or nut milk. And just um, mix, shake it up in a shaker jar and, or a little blender and drink it like that. Cool. That's the s basic, simplest thing to do to sort of treat it that way. Now, that's not the way it's been taken traditionally. And since people are interested in traditional sort of um, ways to take it, um, it's often mixed in a porridge in, in Peru. So a lot of people, a lot of our customers will mix it into an oatmeal, for example. And the red maca, if you do that with red maca, it's the sort of the sweetest tasting. It's, mm. I wouldn't call it super sweet by any means, but it has a pleasant, sweet, caramely taste. So people love that. We've even had a couple customers say, hey, my kids love this stuff, which is fantastic. So you can mix it in, in recipes like that. I've actually, I have a five and a half year old daughter and and she loves maca usually, um, and sometimes uh, I'll mix it into a pancake uh, mix with her, and, and just make pancakes for her um, with it. Since it's a flour, or it, it acts like a flour, because it's such a fine powder, you can use it in that way. Uh, another great thing that many people do is is mix it into their morning smoothie if they're drinking a, uh, any kind of morning smoothie, 
whatever that would be. Uh, just take a, a whatever the serving size they're working with, which can range from one teaspoon all the way up to two tablespoons, depending on 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 uh, various factors, age, body weight, etc. Uh, that's all on our website, by the way, uh, right. in terms of finding out the ideal serving size. So you can mix it into that sort of a drink. Uh, we have a few recipes um, for sort of snack bars, like brownies or, or energy bars that it gets mixed into. Uh, we even have recipes for uh, mixing it into salads and spicy soups. So really, there's a lot of things that you can do with it uh, if you're interested in cooking with it. Um, yeah. Great. Does that answer your question? It sure does. It gives me lots of ideas. I'm the one who puts it in my smoothie every morning. Um, and I find I use the red most of the time. Well, I should say I do the blend, but sometimes I do them alone. You know, if I haven't blended them together, then I do them alone. Yep. And I find the flavor, well, usually I do a, a lemon smoothie, and I find that the slightly sweet kind of nutty flavor of the maca is just so perfect <laughs> in the smoothie. It's wonderful. Great. So I really enjoy it. So I'm going to change directions completely here. Not okay. completely. We're still going to talk about maca um, because you've, it's been an exciting year and maybe not all good excitement <laughs> in the maca field. So you've had politics and intrigue and, um, you know, crops being taken up by other governments or other countries, people in other countries. So can you just fill us in on you know, what's happened in the last year with your with your farms in Peru? Sure, I'm happy to do that. So, yeah, up until up until uh, 2014, so maca is, first I should say maca is exclusively grown in Peru, um, and it's a heritage product of Peru. That means no other place can grow it without per Peru's permission. So, um, that's protected by the UN, actually, and um, and has been longstanding. So the harvest usually is from July or well June through August, typically, in the high Andes, and and up until last year, the amount of maca harvested was always sufficient to carry through till the next year, and the price was was um, you know pretty fair uh, and. Um, and the, the whole market worked pretty well. Uh, last year, some Chinese business people uh, in particular went to the maca fields and started taking the whole roots out of Peru, uh, that, and which is actually illegal, but they were sort of smuggling them through Bolivia and Ecuador to take them back to plant them in China, uh, which was, as I said, mentioned illegal in the eyes of the UN. So... Basically, it created this whole chaos in the maca market because these guys were willing to pay triple, quadruple what the price was for maca. And what it, what it meant for us in the short term was that our prices went way up. Our prices, our, our prices from our farms, they, they went literally up 10 times in some cases in the black maca. It is, it is amazing <laughs> how much we've paid. But fortunately... We we have been able to get through this year in the sense of securing 
enough of our high-quality products to, to serve our current customers. We've been not in much of a growth mode, though, because mm -hmm. of that. Um, but the, the issue, the real issue with this is, okay, not just one-year supply, et cetera. Um, there's a few issues that, are, that are, need to be addressed. And one is that the, hopefully the Peruvian government will step in and, and start, to, start to regulate this a little more, regulate it both in terms of it, MACA leaving the country and also making sure their farmers are treated fairly. I think that's always important and something we've always tried to do as a company is do, you know, pay them above market rate always. Mm -hmm. But beyond that, the market is going to start to see Chinese maca come in to, to the marketplace. Now, I want to say this real clearly for anybody listening. The maca team will never, ever purchase maca from China or anywhere else. We're exclusively with Peru, and you never have to worry about that with us. But if you start seeing maca products out there that are way cheaper. It's most likely coming from China, and the issues with that are that it just doesn't grow as well in China. Um, we've got a bunch of information on our site about that. And it also is grown in, in land that may have been used for mining in the past and might have a, a lot more heavy metal content. So it's just good to know. Just really, mm -hmm. in, in, I encourage your listeners to really insist on Peruvian grown maca, whether it's from us or anywhere else, um, hopefully from us, but, <laughs> um, but really to go for the Peruvian maca because it's really not only has the, the practice been very unfair for Peru in that the, their, their genetic, the genetic heritage of the maca plant has basically been stolen from them because they do not have permission to grow it in China. Um, but beyond that, they're just trying to come in and undercut the market, most likely, which is going to hurt a lot of our farmers in the long run. So we, we're really working with the farmers, the co-op we work with, to really make sure they're aware of these things and to kind of protect them because they do such a great job producing this product. And it's, some, you know, it's something that supports their livelihood. So that's, that's been one of our focuses this year, is really making sure they're supported and taking care of and understanding the possible implications of this. Um, that said, uh, to wrap up, the 2015 harvest, as I said, will start you know, in June and July and continue on. And we're hopeful that, that it will go much better in the sense maybe even prices will come back down. I'd love to do that because it really pained my heart to have to raise our prices, which we hadn't done in almost five years. I was like, oh, no. Um, but our great customers, fortunately, have supported us in that, and, and we're very grateful for that. But as I said, I hope that we have good news on that front and, and good availability of, of Peruvian-grown organic maca. Well, from my perspective, I feel it's very important to um, be supportive, as you are, of the farms and, you know, to keep those priorities there, even if it means a price increase. And I know having been a customer before your the, the, this whole thing happened and being a customer afterward, I saw that you kind of absorbed <laughs> most of that price increase because we didn't go up 10, 10 times in no. what we had to pay to get your maca. So um, I was very impressed. <clears throat> uh, thank you for that. We really do. We, we've, I've always tried in this business because, you know, I've seen maca, Wardy, if you can imagine, I've seen it in health food stores before this before this 
uh, situation happened with the supply last year and demand. I've seen it for up to $120 for a kilo. And, you know, ours was never over 25 or, th or about 30 for the kilo for, for the yellow maca before this and 38 for the red and black. And I just thought, always that's so unfair. You know, I want people to use this stuff. I want them to be able to get it. And it's still, even as you say, it is still relatively inexpensive for what it can do. It's still less than a dollar a day if you average it out. Yeah. But I've always believed, you know, keep the prices fair and, and for everybody involved and, and get people to be able to benefit from this. And, and I appreciate what you're saying. You know, we did try to keep our prices lower than, than some of the other maca sellers out there. And that's for that reason, because we really want to serve our customers mm -hmm. with this. So... And that was obvious. And so now let's talk about the other part of this equation. I mean, you have stated your devotion to working with your um, your co-op farmers, if that's the right way to call them, in Peru. Yep. And, you know, you're sticking with them, seeing them through this <laughs> this issue and, and committed to continuing so that me and others can purchase maca as inexpensively as possible, quality maca. So the yep. other part of the equation is the the quality of your maca product from the sourcing to the processing to the packaging to how fresh it is to how potent it is so in the minutes that we have left i'd like you to devote um, some time to explaining the care and the standards that the maca yeah. team has great that. well yeah thanks i'm happy to do that you know the f the first pillar of our business the, f the very first value is to maintain the highest quality standards for our product, period. That's like what we value most. Um, we love our, you know, the other things in customer service and, and education and inspiration. We love that. But without the product quality, you know, the other stuff isn't there. So that's really our key and, and our 100% our focus is really on that issue. So as I mentioned um, before, we work with a co-op. So this is a cooperative of independent farmers who come together. They grow traditionally and organically. No, no use of pesticides at all. No use of chemical fertilizers. Uh, they are, you know, are certified at organic by European Union and USDA. So their, their farms are tip-top. And they, they also grow in a way that rests the land. Like um, if, if you're a farmer, you'll know, you know that that's important to not... Uh, always grow the same crop on it. So they rest, they're resting the land. So that's where it begins, um, our, our commitment to quality, just working with this group of, of farmers. Uh, beyond that, um, the every maca batch that we get is tested for any sort of uh, heavy metals, uh, any sort of bacteria, molds, and yeast. And it has to go under, undergo a very stringent test to, to be qualified. So we're 100% sure of the purity of the product that, that we get. Uh, beyond that, us in particular, we're, we're a, a relatively small company. So we order in small batches from our farms, which means the maca will be made into a powder right when we order it. So let's say we order in a batch in September. It's made into a powder at that point, even though the roots might have been harvested in July. But the powder's made. It's shipped up to us um, within a week or two. And then we put it in our, our bags, which are triple-lined, uh, water 
resistant, oxygen resistant bags that seal in this freshness and then it's out to our customers. So from the time it gets made to a powder till it's in our customers' hands is usually just two months at the most. Like that's, that's as much as we get at one time. So we're very careful to, to do it that way so as to get the most out of the maca uh, for our customers. Other companies will do it where they'll bring in, you know, 400 tons maca in in one at one time and then it sits in a warehouse already made into a powder and we just don't do that so so for us it's really important to have that quick turnaround um it's a little bit more cost because we're shipping smaller amounts at at a time but that's fine for us because as i said the the quality is the is the top priority and um and yeah our packaging finally is is resealable and we give lots of information out when when people order as to how to best store the maca so it you know it it preserves uh, as most as much nutrients as possible yes i can vouch well <clears throat> my experience has been fantastic with your maca um, the quality is there taste is there working with your company is there so i just can't recommend you guys enough oh thank you so much yeah, well, thank you, Mark. Thanks for this time today. And so everyone, Mark and I are going to be done now. However, I want to point you to the show notes, knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash 117. You will find links there as well as a special offer from Mark. So go check out the details there. Thanks, Mark. Oh, thank you too, Wadi. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope to see you again very soon. Let me tell you what you can do next. You can visit the show notes for this episode. Just go to knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash, and then, without a space, type the number of this episode. You'll get links and much more information about what we've been talking about. You can submit questions for future episodes. I love to answer your questions on the air, so go to knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash questions to submit them. You can stop by traditionalcookingschool.com to get five free traditional cooking videos from me. And finally, you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, the podcast app, or Stitcher. If you're on a mobile device, just search for Know Your Food with Wardy while you're in the app. If you're on a desktop or laptop, go to knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash iTunes right in your browser. And while you're there, please leave a rating or review love to read your comments and your feedback makes it much more likely that other people will find this podcast. Thank you so much.